welcome to the 125 Roller Coaster Challenge Trim the Stable Podcast. I'm Paul, and I hate to say it, but I'm flying solo today. Not because Janine didn't want to be here, but mainly because Janine has never been to the amusement park that we are talking about today. And that park is in beautiful scenic Erie, Pennsylvania, Waldemere. So if you're familiar with how the podcast goes, usually on Tuesday, we always kind of talk about the trip that we did in 2017. We're going through all the different parks that we visited back then on our first year of the 125 Roller Coaster Challenge. Now, of course, the past month, month and a half, we kind of went a little bit off script. We talked about our 25 least favorite coasters with Ouch 2021. And of course, we just finished doing our top 50 roller coasters. And to my surprise, not much hate. I figured that because we picked Twisted Timbers as our number one and not Fury 325 or Steel Vengeance or even Voyage, which didn't even make the top 25 for us, expected a little bit more hate, a little bit more criticism. But you know what? I think Twisted Timbers is universally enjoyed. And because of that, we didn't get that much negative feedback. Here we are at Waldemere. So if you're familiar with the way our trip went, we did our first West Coast swing and we started out at, well, back then it was the Cognac Lake Park. It wasn't new back then. It was just Cognac Lake Park. Then we went over to Cedar Point. And of course, we did a whole month on Cedar Point. And then we went to Kentucky Kingdom which was about a day or so, maybe two. And then we did King's Island, which was, of course, a month. And then we jumped into our, you know, our special shows. So now we ended this trip over in Waldemere. So what we're going to do is, Waldemere is a smaller park, a great park, but pretty small. So instead of breaking it down into two or three different episodes, we're basically going to do a full-fledged Waldemere episode today. And we're going to be talking about the history, the coasters, the food, the flats, the water park, and our impressions of this great little park right on the shores of Lake Erie. So let's start off with the history of this great park. So this started out a long, long, long time ago, before the uh, 20th century, actually. It was originally called Hoffman's Grove, and then it was probably around the 1890. It was actually picked up by the Erie Electric Motor Company, and of course, it became a trolley park because back then most of these amusement parks of today used to be trolley parks and it was actually this electric company that actually renamed it Waldemere. Now what does Waldemere mean? Well you know what it's the title of our episode Woods by the Sea. It's a German uh, word there's a lot of Germans in the area so that's why it is called Waldemere. It's, it's a German word for Woods by the Sea. Now of course we all know it's not really a sea it's a lake but hey you know what I like the name Waldemere. I say I'm glad they kept it. So we're going to talk about 20-year blurbs here because that's what they did on their website. And from 1900 to 1990, they actually had three roller coasters at this park. The big one was Dip the Dips, which actually died in 1907. But then kind of Prohibition killed their biggest draw, which was the um, big German beer garden that they had there uh, during the 1900s. That was basically the main draw there was, you know, they had three small coasters, the biggest one there was uh, Dip the Dips, which is kind of a weird name, but we had Leap the Dips still, so I guess it's not that bad. Then in 1920 to 1939, the original Ravine Flyer opened in 1922. If you're familiar with the park now, there is a Ravine Flyer 2, so that, of course, is the sequel to this original one. Now, the original kind of got closed down uh, pretty much at the end of 1939 because of a huge accident. So what ended up happening was, if you're familiar with the way that the current one is, when you go over the road, you go up a hump. So you get, you know, you're, you're going up over it. It's kind of an arch. The old one used to dip down towards the road. Now, the problem with that was 
people were actually, with the restraint systems they had back then, we actually had people fall out of this ride. Yes, Ravine Flyer, the original one, actually had people killed because they fell out of the ride. And because of that, they basically closed down the entire ride. Also, the 1930s were incredibly challenging, mainly because the Great Depression was coming through there. People did not have the disposable income to do what they needed to do. But they survived, which is a lot better than a lot of other parks. So from 1940 to 1959, the biggest things that they had there was they basically in 1937, the original dance hall burned down. And people really loved these dance halls. So they built a brand new one, and it was called the Rainbow Gardens. Also in 1951, the Comet, which is actually still standing right now, actually came there. And a little side note there, they had a lot of sideshow kind of attractions at Waldemere's back then in the 1940s, 1950s. And they had this thing called Monkey Island, which pretty much explains what it was. It was monkeys on an island. When they closed down, it's a nice little fun fact here, when they closed down Monkey Island, where did the monkeys go? You know, they didn't throw them back in Africa. They actually got bought by the U.S. space program, and a lot of the monkeys that were our test subjects ended up going into space from Waldemere, so that's kind of neat. Probably not great for the monkeys, but it was kind of an interesting fact there. In 1960 to 1979, basically a lot of their standard rides that they have now came into existence. Uh, Pirate's Cove, which was a uh, fantastic dark ride. We'll talk about that one soon. Spider came around this time, so the paratroopers. And the original owner passed away, which that's always a bummer. In the 1980s, they basically decided, okay, you know what? We have a lot of competition. We need to really do something big. And in 1986, they decided to create Waterworld, and they've been adding to it ever since. But in 1980s, that's when they jumped onto the water park. In the 90s, basically, they added a lot more of these uh, traditional rides, like the uh, Sea Dragon, the Great Ferris Wheel. The biggest investment they had right during, so in 1996, was their 100-year anniversary. And they are actually the 10th oldest amusement park in the United States, so that's kind of cool, too. But their big investment was their log flume, which is called Thunder River. And it's a fantastic log flume now. Of course, Dev and I at the time did not actually get a chance to ride it just because we didn't want to get wet. We were also pretty exhausted because this was our first major trip. And of course, we were at Kings Island. We were over at Kentucky Kingdom. So we were just there to hit the credits and get out of there. But in the 2000s, they hired the Gravity Group to build what became 2008's Golden Ticket Best New Ride, which was Ravine Flyer 2. So that's a basic history of it. So it's a trolley park that survived. It never got really big. You know, a lot of these parks, they get big, they get small, they get big, they get small. This one's always been focused on the family. Uh, you can tell that from a lot of the rides. And when we discuss things, you're going to definitely uh, figure out a lot of different things about what Waldemere is all about. It is a great, you know, it's a mid-sized city. It's a mid-sized, you know, it's smaller than um, Kennywood. I would have to basically compare this to a Lake Compounds, maybe a Maury's Pier type size. Uh, Indiana Beach kind of reminds me of this one. So that's what Waldemere is. That's what Waldemere was. Now let's talk about our trip in 2017. So we're basically coming up back from Kings Island and we decided to pull on in there and we're basically there for the credits. We basically spent a half day there. What was really interesting for me was I always like to get souvenirs. Uh, now we get souvenirs to give away for the podcast, but back then we actually did souvenirs. 
souvenirs because I want souvenirs. Usually I get a glass, like I'm looking right here at my desk and I see Conneck Lake Park has a nice beautiful mug. Uh, yet again, not new. We also have like, I see right here on my desk, Dollywood, we have a sunflower pen. So we get all these little things here. But when it came to Waldemere, I ended up buying the history book because I was so intrigued. I actually have a small history with the Erie area. I actually, my junior year in college, I attended Penn State Barron, which is in Erie. And actually my uh, ex-wife, the mom to Devin and Kylie, is actually from Meadville, which is Conneaut Lake, but their big city is Erie. I have a connection to Erie. So to me, I always knew Prescott Isle. And this was right the, the mouth of right before you get onto the peninsula. For me, going to Waldemere, I really wanted to check it out. I really wanted to spend a full day, but I really couldn't. There really wasn't enough there at that time to really hold me over. Let's talk about the coasters. And if you're going to talk about the coasters, you got to talk about the big boy, the one that's putting it on the map, the one that brings all the enthusiasts, and that's Ravine Flyer 2. So Ravine Flyer 2, like I mentioned before, is a gravity group. It is 2,900 feet in length. It's 80 feet tall. But it has a 118-foot drop, and it goes 57 miles an hour. Uh, this is considered a top 10 to top 20 wooden coaster pretty much all over the world. A lot of people really love this coaster. So what were our thoughts on Ravine Flyer 2? It was rough. We were surprised how rough it was. We don't know. It was a warm day, so sometimes that really um, expands the wood and rattles a little bit more some of these coasters. I enjoyed it. I think I got three rides on it. Devin was one and done with this one. You know, of course, the selling point is the fact that it goes over the road, which is a really neat feature because it's a public road. It's an, To get to Prescott Isle, you have to go over this road, and the fact that you have a coaster that goes over it is kind of cool. But the other neat thing about this coaster is it's a gravity group. It's It's got a lot of twists and turns. It definitely you get a lot more laterals than I expected, especially near the end. But all in all, I consider it probably a top 10 wooden coaster for me. I know I need to ride it again. Like I said, this was one of our first big trips. We were exhausted from Kings Island. We were exhausted from Cedar Point. You know, I didn't really get as many rides on it. I can see why it is considered one of the top ones. And for a park like Waldemere, this is a fantastic addition. They did knocked it out of the park. So the next one we did was Comet, which is the one, like I mentioned before, is from 1951. Of course, it's a PT because they're the only ones really doing it back then. This is only 1,300 feet of track. It's only 37 feet tall. The drop's only 25 feet, and it only goes 25 miles an hour. For me, I know it fits into the family genre, but I don't think it was supposed to be a family coaster. I think this was considered, in 1951, it was considered a regular kind of coaster. Riding it, for me, if I'm considering it a family coaster, it's going up against all the Woodstock Expresses at all the Cedar Fair parks, which are junior coasters, but they've got a lot of kick to them. They're, they're, you get some airtime. They're actually kind of fun. To me, this is more kiddie. There's really no there's no airtime whatsoever because you're going 25 miles an hour. If I can ride a bike faster than the coaster goes, I don't expect it to have much uh, airtime. To me, I just was really disappointed with this ride, especially considering at my home park, you have Comet at Hershey Park, which is one of the better uh, classic wooden coasters. So for me, this one always ranks really low, wasn't very impressive, and it, it left a bad taste in my mouth. At one point, it was actually considered one of my least favorite coasters. It was actually in one of the original ouch lists because I just it was just such a big letdown. It just wasn't much to it. The third coaster we rode, now there's five coasters there, but at the time we only rode three. And the third one we did is Steel Dragon, which is a Mauer spinning mouse. Basically came in in 2004. 
It's 1,391.1 feet of track, so you got to remember that. It's 50.8 feet in height and goes 37.3 miles per hour. I love the fact that some coasters on RCDB actually has the points. It just really blows my mind that some coasters, they kind of round up, they round back. You know, it seems like the Mowers, they seem to really get the .8s and the .3s. I rode this and it seemed really familiar to me. I couldn't figure out, you know, I was like, okay, it feels like I rode this thing before and then Devin pointed out that this is basically laugh track so it's pretty much laugh track but outside. I enjoyed Laugh Track. It's it's definitely one of the middle tier spinning mice. Now, if you're familiar with me, I'm not a huge fan of spinning coasters because I do get motion sickness. I'll talk about how I'm going to fix that over in Florida soon. It was a decent ride. We had a good time. There is two other coasters. There's Ravine Flyer 3, which is an ENF Myler mouse again. We didn't ride it because back then we didn't do kitty coasters. When I go back to Waldemere this year, because we are planning on Waldemere again in 2022. I'm debating if I'll ride it or not. Since we went there in 2020, they added a SBF Visa Group uh, another spinny mouse, but this one looks really small, but they call it a family coaster and it's called Whirlwind. So those are the two credits we need yet. Ravine Flyer uh, 3 and Whirlwind. I don't know if I'm going to jump on them. I don't know what my thoughts are on that. I'm going to do a poll here. Should we ride these things or not? They're, they're both kind of kitty coasters, so I'm not holding my breath that I'm going to ride them, but it definitely is a possibility. All right. So we talked about the coasters. Ravine Flyer 2 is by far the gem. Then I'd have to go with Steel Dragon. And then last but not least would be the Comet. So coasters, I want to come for the coasters. But the next part I would definitely come for, which is the food and the flats. So let's start off with the flats. So they, they have a pretty much any kind of flat ride that you could think of at a standard amusement park. These guys have it. They have the Alibaba which is the uh, flying carpet, if you're familiar with those. They have a Chaos, which is a spinning pendulum. It's one of the smaller ones. It kind of looks like the one I just posted it on a YouTube channel, which was uh, the one that was over at American Dream. It's about 60 feet tall, so that's what this one is. But of course, then, they have all of the staples. They have the Dodgems. They have the Ferris wheel. They have the flying swings. They have the L. Ruth Express, which is basically the little train. It's named after the uh, owner, the original owner's wife, Ruth. That's what... Uh, that's why I see L. Ruth Express. They have a Mega Vortex, which is a, basically kind of like a pipe scream over at Cedar Point. I consider it a flat. Cedar Point says it's a coaster. I don't believe it's a coaster. It basically goes back and forth and it spins. Uh, they have a merry-go-round. They have a Musical Express. They have a paratrooper. You notice that I'm calling these dodgems. Notice I'm calling them Ferris wheels and merry-go-rounds. These are not just me going by the generic names. They're actually naming these rides after their generic names. Perfect example. Coming up, a Scrambler. They also have a Sea Dragon. They have a Spider. These are all what these rides are called. So they didn't get really creative with the names. The only one that really kind of changed there was Thunder River, which is their log flume, which was a big uh, selling point in their 100-year anniversary. And... I am definitely going to ride this. This looks like a fantastic log flume. Is it up there with a lot of the bigger parks? Of course not. It's not up there with Mori Zoom Flume, but it just looks like it's a good, solid, original ride. And then, of course, the one thing I definitely got to do is they have Pirate's Cove, which I mentioned before came in the 1940s, 1950s, and this is an original dark ride. And when you get to these uh, dark rides, 
They're fantastic. There's, you know, they're not making a lot of new ones, which is a shame because when you find a great dark ride, you want to kind of really hold on to it. All right, now let's talk about the food. Now, the big thing about this is right in front of, pretty much right in the center of the park, they have what they call the main concession station. Not a great name, not very creative, and they have five different stations. They have popcorn, which I thought was neat, waffle, pizza, ice cream and grill. So there, if you're looking for like a food court kind of environment, that's where you want to go. But the other thing I like about this park is they have the pumpkin patch. They have the carousel sub shop, which is actually where we went to go eat. And then of course they have one of my personal favorite fair foods, which you don't see much out there, but I actually like this better. So everybody knows about funnel cakes. Everybody likes funnel cakes. I like elfin ears. So if you're not familiar with elfin ears, these are basically funnel cakes that are flat, like an elephant's ear. But then they put like cherries on it or they put apples on it or you have so many different options, you know. With funnel cake, you kind of just get, you know, the powdered sugar. Here you get all, you know, you're going to get a ton of strawberries. You're going to get a ton of cherries and stuff like that. And they have that there. So that's the food. Yet again, small park so you don't have 100 different choices. But they got a couple unique things. Like I said, you know, the sub shop over by the carousel and, you know, the pumpkin patch and stuff like that. Next thing I want to talk about is Waterworld. Now that came into existence in 85 and it really put this park on the map. This park kind of reminds me of almost like a Dorney Park or almost like a Del Grosso. When we went to Del Grosso, the water park seemed to be twice the size of the dry park. And when you went to Dorney Park, even to this day, a lot of people go there for Wild Water Kingdom as opposed to actually going to Dorney Park. This thing has so many different slides and different complexes, but what I really like is Unlike the park where they have very general names, you know, the Sea Dragon and the Scrambler, here it seems like they really play off their closeness to Lake Erie. Some of their names there is um, Prescott Isle Plunge, which is what's right next to the place. Lake Erie Dip. They also have the Battle of Lake Erie, which is their kids section where you with the buckets and stuff like that. They have the awesome Tucson, which looks like a great racing ride, Bermuda Triangle. They have the Endless River, which is, of course, what me and Janine love the most, the Lazy Rivers. And they just have so many liquid lightning, so many different complexes. So this is definitely a water park with an amusement park connected to it, not the opposite, which is kind of neat because... You know, the history of Waldemere was all about the dry rides, but they really invested so much money in the last 20, 30 years into Waterworld to make it a top-notch area. And, of course, there is two areas there that you can uh, grab some food. They have the, wa- uh, the Waveside Grill and then also the Sun Deck Cafe. So you got two different food areas there. The last thing I want to really talk about is in between, well, not really in between, but kind of like you go into the parking lot and then you go into the main gate, which is in the middle, and you go to the right, you can go to the water park. If you go to the a little straight, mostly straight, you get into the dry park, but they also have so many picnic groves. And I'm talking about like Knoebels level picnic groves. So this is definitely a park that lives off the company picnics, which is, I really appreciate those. I know I was spoiled going to Knoebels every year for a company picnic. And the fact that Erie has that same thing with uh, Waldemere is fantastic. So in conclusion, what's my thoughts about uh, Waldemere? A great small park. One of the best small parks I've been to. Like I said before, it's like another Lake Compounds. It's like another Indiana Beach. You know, could they use a better steel attraction for coasters? Of course. You know, I'd like to see, you know, maybe even RMC or, you know, even even something like an Impulse like they did over at Knoebels would be a great addition to this park here. You know, all in all, can't wait to get back to Waldemere. I'm going to spend the full day there. I'm looking forward to just, kind of like what I did with Seabreeze, just soak it in, enjoy it. 
do every little aspect. I was really happy when I went to Seabreeze last year that I spent pretty much three-fourths of a day there, and I did everything I could think of. I did log flumes. I did uh, some flat rides. I just sat down and ate a sandwich and just enjoyed the environment. And that's what I really want to do to Waldemere because when we did it in 2017, we were there for the credits. We were dead tired, and we just wanted to get home. Now we don't want to do that. Now we want to enjoy it. All right, so... We're at the end of this episode, but I got a lot of stuff we want to talk about here. And the first thing is, believe it or not, there is a podcast that actually wants to interview us. I know, seriously. And it's not a roller coaster podcast. It's actually a general kind of a nerdy uh, kind of podcast, which we're really into because we're kind of nerds. Later on this week, myself and Janine are going to be on the BXG podcast, and we're going to record it on Thursday. I think it's supposed to come out on Monday. So we're really excited for this, too, because we love talking about what we do. People are interested in what we do. You know, we appreciate everybody who supports us, and it's just fantastic that people are listening and people want to talk to us about uh, what we do here. I want to personally go out there, and I want to thank Mike. I want to uh, Mike Nolan. Jennifer and Perry. Uh, I just got off of the Apple podcast page and the reviews you guys wrote were just fantastic. Thank you so much. It really warms our heart to know that people enjoy listening to this because, you know, I'm here in front of a microphone or me and Janine are just bantering back and forth over at her bridal store uh, early in the morning because it's nice and quiet there. To know that people are listening and enjoying it and actually like what we do, it means a lot. So, and if you like um, what we do, do definitely go on to Apple Podcasts or you know any of the other ones. I believe it's Podchaser, uh, Castbox, uh, Podcast Addict. You know we read all these guys and we definitely are interested in what you think. You know it doesn't always have to be hey you guys are great. You know there's something you guys want to talk about. You know we're definitely interested on doing that. Basically the uh, we're still working on the break run talk. I know we have Gabby lined up over on Coasters and Brews. Uh, we have uh, Airtime Thrills. We have Vince we want to talk to soon because pretty much our next park that we're going to be talking about is Six Flags Great Adventure. That's We went back there. And we went there early on in the 125, but it was a really rainy day. So we only did a couple of the basic rides. And we really, at the time, didn't ride the big boys. We didn't do the O's. We did Bizarro, but we didn't do El Toro. We didn't do Nitro. The next episode that we do that talks about our trips is going to be back to the Six Flags Great Adventure. And of course, we want to talk to Vince about that because the man's an expert on that. Now, I'm nine days away from going to Florida, and I am so excited about Florida, not just because I'm freezing up here in Pennsylvania, but also because we're going to Busch Gardens, Tampa. We're going to get a chance to ride Iron Quasi. And then two days later, we're going to go to SeaWorld Orlando, and we're going to ride Icebreaker. So we're going to get those two new credits, which is exciting. I'm actually going to Busch Gardens with a GP friend of mine. So it's always great to see how they enjoy the parks. We're going to be doing a lot of videos because, you know, the YouTube channel, we're getting more and more subscribers, but we want to get more up to date content and I'm still learning things about voiceovers so you know hopefully the YouTube channel keeps growing and getting better but the other reason why I'm excited about this is I'm going to try to be knocking out my motion sickness I actually bought a relief band and I have no idea how it's going to work and I'm going to find out the hard way because I'm not going to take Dramamine and I'm going to go to Bush Gardens Tampa and if I get knocked out I get knocked out but I really want to see if this technology of relief band works and I'll be the first one to tell you if it works for me I'm going to tell everybody about it. If it doesn't work for me, I'm going to tell you to save your money. Just because of the fact that as somebody who doesn't like being Dramamined all the time, this is kind of my last hope to enjoy the rides without, you know, mixing Dramamine with Red Bull and trying to stay alive. The 
next episode we're going to do here is not going to be on our trips. We're going to be saving that for a little bit here, but it's actually going to be focusing on the gentleman or woman at Audible who's made the suggestion. We are going to do it, and we are going to be talking about the top five roller coasters that are still out there that we think should be RMC'd. So that's going to be a fun one there. I haven't even written the script yet. I have a couple in mind. You know, we're going to look at these. We're not just going to throw out all the worst ones. We're going to think about it and we're going to give you guys a great concise list, the top 10. And that's what we're going to do next Tuesday. Let's get social. If you want to uh, find us on Facebook, we're 125 Roller Coaster Challenge. If you're going to be on Instagram, where a lot of people find us on Instagram, we're 125 Roller Coaster. If you want to go to Twitter, we're 125 Roller Coast. They refuse to give us the ER. We're going to have to deal with it. On YouTube, we are putting up, every other day, we kind of be putting up a up-to-date live feed from the past. So check it out. You know, all of our episodes are up there. Um, I think we're up to uh, 58 or something like that, or 59, episode 58, 59. Definitely go there. You guys, you'd see us on our journey. I know I've recently posted us at American Dream. I recently just posted one of me over at Bush Gardens Tampa. We did the one with us at American Dream's Water Park. Darren Lake, our first time at Darren Lake. Um, we also uh, had my thoughts uh, right off of getting off of Cognac Lake's Blue Streak. So all these are there. They're pretty short. You know, I try to always keep the live feeds kind of short. So that's a great place to go there. So once again, I'm Paul. Thank you so much for listening. And I'm going to see you in the queue in 2022.